0: Hi there and welcome to the Explaining History podcast and the thing that I'm going to talk to you about um, in this episode is the impact of bombing over Germany uh, during the Second World War. Um, Mainly we're talking about bombing here from Great Britain and the United States. The Soviet Union um, didn't really uh, have the capacity for um, anything other than Um, tactical battlefield um, aircraft bombing um, large four-engined aircraft uh, was not something that Stalin had foreseen as being uh, a way of projecting Soviet power during the war and indeed the way in which Soviet power is projected is through um, infantry and armoured divisions Um, the First World War had seen the beginnings of air power. Air power was in its infancy during the the First World War and it only really becomes a significant means of waging war in 1917 to 1918. The idea of mass aerial bombing was developed during the First World War and London was actually attacked by um, the German Air Force in 1918 with uh, large um, uh, four-engine Gotha bombers um, and Zeppelins. Um, In the interval years, all the major powers of Europe realised that there was potential for um, air power to give them um, military strength, and the um, view that um, air power was the new significant game-changer was confirmed in 1935 with the bombing of Abyssinia in 1936 with um, the use of uh, Hitler's Condor Legion um, air force in Spain Uh, not just Guernica but other incidents of um, air power um, used against the forces of the Republic Um, and in 1937 the uh, uh, bombing of uh, China um, by the Japanese in each of these instances um, British politicians particularly looked on with um, abject horror uh, seeing the the kind of the the harm the, the destruction that would be done to London, which indeed actually they, they grossly um, overestimate and there was one estimate that in the first hundred days of bombing there'd be something like fifteen million deaths, and society would would collapse. Uh, the British were keen to prevent during the war too many of their citizens from going underground, from using the um, uh, London underground system as a, a uh, air raid shelter, for fear that they wouldn't emerge and that uh, the British economy would collapse as a result. People would just li- live subterraneously. Um The German Air Force... <laughs> Uh, engaged in terror bombing in nearly every major campaign that Hitler fought and cities as diverse as Warsaw in and Poland and Rotterdam in Holland and Coventry in Britain were bombed but by the end of the Second World War Allied bombing over Germany had reduced large parts of nearly every major city to ruins the scale and the intensity and the duration of bombing over Germany by America and Britain was vastly greater than German attacks on Britain though it is questionable um, what value this all had in the end. The uh, debates have gone on since the end of the war uh, as to the efficacy of bombing and the morality of bombing. Um, As Richard Overy in his book, The Bombing War, pointed out, they've generated more heat than light. The first bombing raid over Germany was on the 19th of March, 1940, Um, This is really uh, just at the end of what we would call the the, the phony war period, or the Sitzkrieg, as the the German army called it. And um, the British had always imagined that um, mass aerial bombing would be um, a a weapon that they would employ. Um, The Luftwaffe wasn't really geared up to um, uh, attacks on cities, whereas the RAF was the lift-offer don't have any large four-engine bombers. The uh, RAF start out with um, Whitley bombers and um, ha- um, Wellington bombers, uh, which were two-engined, and then they expand to four-engined um, Halifax and then Lancasters um um which bring a huge in Sunderland's, uh, which bring a, a huge um payload uh, i think about 4 tons per aircraft uh, to germany um and the uh, this was all part of the the british view of how war should uh, with germany uh, should pan out um it was meant to be a war of attrition to wear down the enemy infrastructure and it was designed to prevent um, a mass campaign on land, the likes of which World War I had been. Um, aerial bombing was designed to prevent the, uh, the, the, the deadlock of the trenches. Um, Franklin Roosevelt saw war in a quite a similar way. Um, he intended for America to be the aircraft workshop of the world and that um, before America committed to fighting in the war, Roosevelt hoped that if he were, could create an air armada of about 20,000 aircraft, then that could either be used by the United States or loaned to a friendly power to be used. And it would be such an overwhelming force that particularly Hitler would not dare to uh, put a foot out of line. Obviously, um, the uh, Hit- Hitler's mentality was um, an unknown here and Roosevelt didn't realise that there was very little that was going to dissuade him from war uh, in Europe, um, let alone the possibility of uh, mass aerial bombing, which Hitler wasn't particularly considering, But German air defence planners had thought about uh, in detail, even if much of this was lost in Goering, who underfunded and was um, largely ignorant of uh, air defence strategies uh, and uh, allowed German uh, targets to be left vulnerable and uh, was unable to provide the kind of air defences that he'd convinced Hitler uh, would be operational by the start of the war. The first bombing raids in 1940 um, and those that continued after the retreat at Dunkirk showed uh, German people that the belief that the British would uh, realise that their situation was hopeless and would um, come to a negotiated settlement with Hitler were um, unfounded and that the fighting would go on. The German public didn't really feel the effects of bombing in 1940 um, the bombing raids were poorly coordinated um, and rather piecemeal than strategic and they were what the british were what little the british were able to do to carry the fight to the enemy but there's an element of to suggest they were quite unsettling as well the belief that the british should have given up by um, late 1940 Um, was um, kind of brought to life a sense of nagging doubt. Um, The regime had uh, assured the German people that cities were absolutely safe and well-defended with anti-aircraft guns and there was no possibility of the British being able to carry out bombing raids. Um, So many Berliners, particularly, um, don't bother with air raid shelters to begin with they uh, think that the uh, noise are um, air raid sirens are false alarms not much physical damage is done and many germans they see that um, the uh, attacks just mean that germany hasn't won outright but britain's position is fairly helpless um, the first civilian deaths occur on the twenty eighth of August nineteen forty, where twelve people are killed and a thousand people are made homeless. And the regime um presents the RAF particularly as a, a um a terrorist organization, and they refer it to it as. Um Raids happen over uh, Berlin in the same period and in other major cities and they become a kind of a a, a regular occurrence. The British, in the guise of um, Arthur Bomber Harris... Um, believed that um, a a bombing strategy could wear down the enemy and Harris wanted to show the other service chiefs that bombing could win the war uh, alone uh, right up until uh, 1944. He's really, uh, really certain of this. Um, He thought that um, the German economy first could be destroyed, German economy and infrastructure could be uh, devastated by bombing. Um, And when it turns out that uh, the uh, German economy isn't destroyed uh, by aerial bombing, Harris argues that the real target, therefore, is civilian morale to bomb the German worker out of his home. Uh, and this would cause the, the, the war effort to eventually collapse. And again, that appears to be increasingly less likely as the war draws on, um, much as with Britain, bombing brought about a sense of defiance, determination, a refusal to submit to the enemy. Um, so Berlin is quite a hard target. It's difficult to reach, and it's far to the east, but um, it was it was west of the Rhine, really, that uh, the big attacks happened. So, in uh, particularly in Hamburg, which is a kind of a choice target for the the British, is uh, easy to reach on, along the coast. Um, in nineteen forty, there were seventy raids on the city, and by nineteen forty. There had been another 137. By mid 1942, uh, just over 1,400 people had been killed and 24,000 had been made homeless. Um, this was in a city with a population of two million. Uh, this time, the British uh, began. Uh, by this time, the British had begun to build large 4 bombers, such as the, the Lancaster, and these carried, as discussed earlier, a much bigger payload. So, in 1942. Um, the first 1,000 bomber raid took place, um, destroying most of the city and killing nearly 500 people. Um, during that raid, 135,000 residents of the city fled, and 12,500 buildings were either destroyed or damaged. So, the um, the impact of the raids were in, in terms of um, individuals: a large number. Uh, were made homeless um, or or injured um a smaller number you know though not insignificant if you're one of them um, were were killed and But the raid had a huge psychological effect on the German population, and it showed to the German people that mass sort of annihilation raids were possible. And they could be made regular if um, uh, if needed if need be um, the British actually couldn 't constantly deploy um, a thousand aircrafts at a time, and um, they had to take um, as many bombers as they possibly could do from as many services as possible and the British um, came and devised some fairly unpleasant tactics such as um, leaving uh, timed uh, explosives. Um, bombs with timers uh, that would detonate and kill the first responders, so uh, kill the uh, ambulances and fire crews when they came to put out the fires uh, This would leave cities such as uh, Hamburg and later Cologne burning um, When the Americans uh, joined the war the combined bomber, bomber offensive um, sees uh, the um, RAF and the uh, United States Army Air Force, um, the 8th Army Air Force, uh, combined uh, in order to uh, attack Germany around the clock. So in January 1943, the British and Americans met at Casablanca uh, to decide the future course of the war. Their ally, the, um, uh, the Soviet Union, uh, demanded a second front in Europe and uh, Stalin wanted a an allied cross-channel invasion uh, of France in 1943. This cross-channel invasion, this second front, had been promised on a number of occasions previous to this, and Stalin was growing impatient. His suspicion, of course, was that the British weren't, and the Americans uh, were happy for Hitler and the Soviet Union to destroy each other on the Eastern Front, and thus eliminate two um, problematic regimes. And he may well have been pretend, at least partly right in thinking this. but the reality really is that it was inconceivable that the British would be able, and the Americans would be able to remount a cross-channel invasion in 1943. Um, they certainly weren't prepared for it. Much of this falls on deaf ears. Um, when the Soviets are given these kinds of responses, um, the uh, The size of d day is pretty much um, pretty much minuscule compared to uh, some of the Soviet deployments on the eastern front when it when it actually happens um, but the, um, the the British and the Americans uh, don't feel prepared enough um, to uh, launch an invasion of France, but what they can do is attack uh, and create a second front in the air. Um, Churchill was always reluctant about a cross-channel invasion and thought that it was the best thing to do was to wear down the enemy at the periphery of their empire um, and you know, attack in places like Italy and he also hoped to establish another front in Greece. Um, the first of which happens, the second which kind of doesn't. Um, the, when the British invade Greece, uh, Greece uh, at, the end, uh, at the end of the Rome. Um so. The British and Americans um, planned a dr- dramatic escalation of the air war over Germany. Not that this, I think, impresses Stalin that much. Um, and this is called this is the combined bombing offensive. Um, it meant that Germany's military and economic in- infrastructure would be attacked around the clock. Um, the U.S. Um, air Army Air Force and uh, the Eighth Air Force uh, flew daylight raids and B seventeen bombers. Um, and these would fly in flying fortress diamond for formations. And the bomb, the um, British flew in a straight line of Lancasters by night. Um, round the the round oclock bombing um, had significant effects on Germany. The Ruhr Valley, where most of Germany's industry was um, targeted, um, the hydroelectric dams on the Ada and Moen rivers. Uh, we destroyed during the ban- the dam buster raids uh, with the uh, specially designed bouncing bomb, which, in terms of um, uh, material economic damage and the diversion of troops, was quite an enormous uh, had quite an enormous effect. There are quite a few revisionist historians that sort of sniff at the dam busters raid and say, "Well, you know, it was a, for show really." But they actually really do do a considerable amount of damage. Um, on the 24th of July, 1943. 791 RAF bombers caused a firestorm through the city of Hamburg, um, which was predominantly wood. Two further bombing attacks on the 29th of July, and the 2nd of August followed, and the U.S. Air Force bombed by day. These attacks killed 40,000 civilians, destroyed 256,000 homes, and made nearly a million people homeless. The anger of the population seemed to be directed at the regime, however, for their inability to stop the raids. And many believe that the Hamburg Raid was evidence that the war was lost. And this comes sort of fairly um, hot on the heels uh, that spring of the revelation that Stalingrad had uh, fallen and the 8th Army had been uh, lost. I'm talking about the 6th Army, I do apologise. So as the intensity of the bombing increases, um, nightly visits to the area shelter became a reality for lots of Germans. Conditions inside basement shelters were often cramped and insanitary, and the shelters were far from being bomb-proof. In Berlin, air aid shelters were periodically hit by British bombs collapsing and killing the people within. And in nineteen forty, Hitler planned a huge network of bunkers to be built in what was called the Soffort Programme or the Emergency Programme, uh, keeping the population from in most major cities safe. The bunker system planned by Hitler uh, was built, going to be built across six thousand sites for large-scale bunkers and was meant to house thirty-five million Germans. In Berlin, three flak towers were built, uh, which were these yeah, huge kind of concrete pyramids armed um, with anti-aircraft guns, or um, with um, room for eight thousand civilians underneath. Each neighbourhood had an air raid warden who was given the task of making sure that bunkers were maintained and local residents obeyed raid instructions. One of them uh, was obviously a a racial instruction to keep the Jews out. Um, Each neighbourhood had a um, a large number, many neighbours had large numbers of foreign workers from across Europe um, who found it um, hard to gain access to the shelters. The Jews who hadn't yet been transported to death camps were completely unable to access shelters. Prussian Germans and had to use bunkers solely designed for Jews, uh, ones which didn't really stand much of a chance of surviving a direct hit. Even when um, the expansion of the bunker system um, happened, the shelters were packed and overcrowded. On some occasions, later in the war, Germans died in stampedes to get inside the raids as the uh, inside the shelters as the raids grew in intensity. And by early 1944, Berlin was given a respite from the heavy bombing as Allied aircraft instead bombed roads and railways in France to prepare for D Day. I suppose that the final act of the bombing war, um, one which probably we'll go into in more, more depth um, in a later podcast because it's surrounded with such controversy, was the bombing of Dresden. Um, Dresden was a medieval German town. Um, and eleven weeks before the end of the Second World War in Europe, as the Red Army advanced across the East, the RAF and the US Air Force bombed the city on the 13th and 14th uh, of February 1945. Long after the outcome of the conflict was certain to all parties, the city was flooded with refugees when bombers started a firestorm. A study carried out in 2010 concluded that 20 to 25,000 people died. Uh, The bombing was seen as unnecessary and even in Britain where the popular mood was deeply anti-German it was um, the last mass bombing by the Allies and even Churchill questioned whether it had been a necessity. The um, stats surrounding um, the bombing of Dresden have varied wildly with some quite um, outlandish claims in the, the hundreds of thousands. And in a way, that's to to kind of um, trivialise the the history itself. That um, the, the the death of twenty thousand people is a sufficiently significant figure uh, without kind of you know in, in, embellishment or in, inaccurate uh, research. But I think we'll revisit that debate another time. Anyway, I hope you've found this little talk through on um, the bombing war. Uh, interesting and um, we're going to go into some some greater depth looking at everyday life in Germany in in the next few weeks uh, during the Second World War. So make sure you tune in and also give us a good write-up if you can and a review on the Explaining History uh, iTunes um, page and uh, we'll catch you on the next podcast. Thanks very much. Bye-bye.